Hey y'all, welcome back to episode number two of your favorite podcast, De-influenced. De-influenced. Woohoo. The amount of times we talked about whether we were going to say de-influenced together. Oh, we got it though. Knuckles. Knucks. We are fist bumping we right nailed now. It. See, Danny wanted to make that a thing and I was like, I don't think we should make that a thing. And then <laughs> we guess made who it a won? Thing. Yeah, you won. You guys, my name is Danny Austin and this is my husband, Jordan Ramirez. And you made it to episode number two, despite episode number one just glitching horribly on us. Basically, what happened was y'all, y'all crashed the internet. The internet. Literally, honestly. we had too many streams, and it's just like the system could not hold all the listens and all the downloads. And so that day one, it was glitching so hard. But Podbean you, was like, "No, this is unprecedented." They're like, "No, we have to get you a new server." So now we have our own server. Did you know that? Oh, I didn't know that. We actually have our own server. So no more glitching. We're super pumped. And not only that, episode two is happening, but we were number two or number three on the Spotify charts like all week below Joe Rogan King. 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 That's shocking because most of the people who I feel like listened to the whole episode were like, I listened to your podcast. It took me all day. And I thought those were the funniest comments. I was dying laughing. No, you guys were awesome and so supportive. And yeah, we're we're happy to be here. We're a little nervy for episode two, but hey, before we get in there, tell me, how you doing? How are you doing? You start your podcast. I'll start, okay. I'm good. I'm so excited. My brother is in town. My brother, Landon Austin, he is a 34-year-old male single living in Nashville, (laughs) Tennessee. And I am still pursuing my civic duty of being the matchmaker for my brother. And he actually has a date tonight in Dallas, which is so exciting because... um, Actually, did I tell you how I found this date? No. See, I'm always on the lookout. Oh, between uh, you and your mom, I mean, you guys have probably pulled 50 dates. And then we ran two seasons of a matchmaker. Mm. I mean, this guy is provided for. Us matchmakers, we always got to be on the lookout, even though we're naked, you know? Oh. Yeah, so I Do was... Do tell. <laughs> so I'm getting a spray tan by Tan by Chrissy. Shout out. Love her. Like most of the time I do my own tanning. We talked about it last episode. Yeah. But sometimes I'm like, you know, I'm going to splurge. And so I hired Chrissy. She came over, you know, I'm sitting there butt naked. I look at her. I'm like, you know, she's pretty cute, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking. It's a weird thought to have when you're naked, <laughs> but it's cool. I get it. I hey, get it. I, I, I can appreciate. Yes, yes, yes. You're like a thinking. A good looking yes, chick. Yes, I get it. I get it. So I'm like, yo, Chrissy, like, do you have a sister? She's like, as a matter of fact, I do. And she lives in Dallas and she's single. Wow. And you know, light bulb, ding, ding, ding. I'm like, that's so crazy. I have a brother who's 34, single, coming and visiting in, in Dallas next week. So long story short, they followed on t- uh, each other on Instagram. He slid in her DMs, and tonight they're going and getting a drink. You know what this feels like? Mm-mm. Destiny. Destiny. But you know what? We've been here a lot of times with Landon. Yeah. We all want a sister-in-law. But can I tell you something like the best thing about this girl? Mm-hmm. So I'm not totally sure, but I think that Chrissy told me she's like an esthetician, which means she does like Botox, filler, maybe does facials. Do you know what that means? Free Botox for life. For the family. For the family. <laughs> We're never aging. <laughs> Man, I know how to pick them. You know? That's so funny. Yeah. You know, Landon, he's he's been real selfish, uh, just not giving you your sister-in-law, giving his mother- 
grandbabies. Grandbabies. Getting Stella and Stratton cousins. I mean, we're all pulling our weight here, Landon. Yeah, so actually. We'll talk about it. You know, I'm sure you're going to grill him. You need to go a little bit deeper with Landon. And well, be no, like, listen, hey. listen, I'm do- he's going to be on the next podcast. Literally, we're filming that or recording that tomorrow. So I'll do like a whole nother Q&A. We're going to learn all about the dating scene in Nashville, why he's still single. I just want to get to know his psyche. You know, mm-hmm. like what's running through your mind? I, I do feel like the dating scene in Nashville would be hard. I don't know why, but it really? just seems like it would like be hard. I feel like there's like 10 girls to one guy. Oh, no, I mean, it's, it's probably hard for girls. Like, I think oh. for guys, it's like, I, I think for guys, it's hard because it's probably come, become a very consumer culture where it's yes. like they can't commit, like failure to launch type of guys. So true. They have their pick of the litter. Yep. So it's like, what's the rush? It's you like, know, it's like Netflix. It's like when I scroll Netflix like all night and I never pick anything. I'm like, I don't know. I don't so know what true. to watch. And you know what's so sad about that is the grass is always greener. Yes. So like you're watching something and you're like, mm, I'm watching a documentary. I could be laughing right now. I need to go switch to a comedy. Like you're never settled. There's always something more it's a true struggle and i feel for him you know i think you as a happily married Mm, can you you confirm it so happy happily married uh married woman you are going to drop some some huge wisdom bombs on your brother next week he doesn't even know he doesn't even know he's probably going to get married by the time he leaves dallas literally this girl doesn't even know what's coming you'll have me to thank (laughs) chrissy's sister i don't even know her name but anyway so we're excited about that we're getting ready for a trip to Puerto rico we're going on an influencer trip with tart alex earl's coming (laughs) what if (laughs) what if no so it's actually you know tart just took alex earl and a bunch of like beauty girls to dubai And there was like a little bit of hate that they got from that trip because people were like, we're in a recession and you're taking all these girls to Dubai. But then I feel like overall it was like a pretty good look for Tart because Maureen is like the coolest. Yeah, she's like on TikTok herself. Well, we love Maureen. Like we're pretty close with Maureen. She's just the most amazing woman. Like she's one of my idols. And I think through that trip, people really got to see like Maureen's heart and really get to know her. So like they wanted to go in hating to be like, oh, this is it. But then they got to know her and they're like, oh wait, this chick is like pretty sweet. And she's so, she's awesome. And so they did that trip to Dubai and now they're taking a bunch of mommy bloggers to Puerto Rico. Not only us, but they invited our entire families. Like my mom is going Jordan's mom is going, um, 15 kids, 15 kids, literally some of these bloggers going have like five, six kids. It's just, it's like, uh, you guys think the Dubai trip was interesting to watch. Wait until you see Puerto Rico with us and our children. It's going to get, it's going to get wild. (laughs) So funny. But so we're kind of gearing up for that. Um, but yeah, how are you doing? I mean, I I do feel like you need to address the elephant in the room, which is your forehead is looking very interesting yeah right now. so um it's such a funny story uh not a long story i just got shot in the head with a paintball so went paintballing last week um had a really big dinner i was very excited about in austin for south by southwest and then the night before i get shot in the head with a paintball it is giant and it is red i don't think we stream this on youtube or anything but if you looked at my forehead it's just a big red dot bruise right in the middle of my forehead and so danny last night we were debating i was like is this a conversation starter at the dinner? Like, should I just walk in and own it? Or should we cover it up with makeup? Then what if they think, they're like, why is this guy wearing makeup? Yeah. It was a huge debate. We ended up covering it up. No one noticed. Because my skills as a makeup artist are just You, I, yes, never worn makeup, shockingly, before. But I was like, wow, you guys do this every day? This fixes everything. I know. He was like, are you serious? Like, what do they (laughs) actually look like? Like, this is not even fair. 
It's yeah. so true. Um, but yeah, I don't think that anyone could notice. Tell me about the dinner because, oh my gosh, y'all. I've never seen Jordan. Like, I know. I he was, was fanboying. I've never seen him nerd out at such an extent. Yes. But, and he was so like excited about this dinner. And it was like, I was, I was very excited too. But he was like real pumps, very nervous. Tell us, tell him about the dinner. So the, the dinner was like hosted by Knight Ventures. Mm -hmm. um, so Knight is like, if you guys know Mr. Beast, mm -hmm. um, he's like a big YouTuber. His manager owns Knight Management and then they created Knight Ventures. Anyway, they hosted this dinner with like a bunch of consumer CEOs, like a bunch of like growth hackers, a bunch of like venture capitalists. And these are all people that I follow on Twitter. And so it was kind of like, usually when we go to events, like the Ulta event, everyone's like, oh my, it's like all females. It's yeah. like Danny and it's like Danny's crew. And this was like Danny coming with me to like meet my crew. And so I was like, it was like me walking into a room of my favorite influencers. And I yeah. was like, I was like, Danny, go, go introduce me. Yeah. I was like, I'm like <laughs> they look very normal, babe. I'm like, I just go up. I'm like, Hey Nick, yeah. my husband's obsessed with you. I don't know exactly what you do, but it was so funny after the I dinner. I was like, hey, hey, Nick, I read your newsletter. I was like, oh, stupid. Stupid, why did I say that? <laughs> it was so funny. After the, the dinner, Jordan called one of his friends, and, and his friend was like, oh, yeah, that's so great. I'm so happy it went so well. How did Danny do? And Jordan goes, man, she did great. She wore this, like, really cool white ruffly <laughs> top. I was like, that's all you have to say about how I was? I, I was just your side piece? Anyway, uh, so we got back to Dallas this morning. It was a quick 24-hour trip. We're, we were kind of, um, I'm not going to lie, we, we were kind of sleepy this morning. We woke up yeah. super early, flew back, and we came right into these chairs. Right into the chairs, feeling different than I did yesterday about this episode. Why? Uh, just a little bit more nervous, I would okay. say, overall. How are you? Are, are you feeling the same or I'm feeling better now I'm like you know I've always been I've already been canceled like what's the worst that can happen you know and it's like you're only canceled if you allow yourself to be canceled right wouldn't you say I, I would say so um this episode is is it, we're gonna get deep like just a little disclaimer we probably will talk about some mental health um I don't know how deep we'll go there but just a little disclaimer and then, I don't know, let's just pray that we don't get canceled from our cancellation it's podcast. Like, it's like by the time we release this episode, there's like eight New York Times headlines being <laughs> like, like, Danny Austin, worst person in the universe. Worst person. <laughs> Here's why. Ever. Everyone. Ten reasons Danny Austin sucks. Ten reasons to hate Danny Austin. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Are we going to jump right in? Let's jump in. I mean, you know, cancel culture is is interesting. I think the, the main debate with cancel culture is like, is there a good way to do it? Like, why do we all do this to each other? And like, is, is it healthy? Is it healthy to hold people accountable yeah. in that way? Like by just totally destroying their lives and just shaming them beyond belief. I don't know. There's probably some pros and cons, but. Well, um, let me ask you this. When, when was the first time that you can remember you got internet hate? Oh, internet hate. Oh my gosh. Let me think. Yeah. Not fourth grade, Mrs. Gamble's well, class. Yeah. You know, what's funny is um, when I started on YouTube, like about 10 years ago, it's been 10 years, the internet was actually a lot nicer back then. Um, they weren't so like herd mentality. It was very like much like people didn't hide so much behind these fake accounts. Like people said what they thought more so to your face, essentially, right. you know, but online. Nowadays, I feel like it's so different. My first time experiencing online hate. Oh, this one still gets to me. I know it. You know? It's powerful. You know, like, the hate... Before I actually go in, like, you know how there's kind of, like, an ecosystem with my haters? 
Yes. Yeah, you like, you know, like- It's I'm, like a community within the community. No, not, yes, sure. But like what I'm saying is like, I'm nothing without them and they're nothing without me. Like True. if if I don't give them something to hate, what do they have to talk about? Absolutely nothing. They're nothing without me. But then I become stronger when they talk crap about me. So it's like, we kind of feed each other. It's like a symbiotic relationship. You know, we feed off of one another. And it's like, it's like, yeah, like I, I kind of, as much as they hurt, like I appreciate them because I become stronger. Yeah, you know what that reminds me of? Do you remember when we were at the Stanley event in Park City and we met that owner of the tabloids? She runs like all these tabloids. Oh, yes, yes. She works with like OK Magazine. Star Magazine. Star Magazine. And I walked up to her and I said, hey, listen, I just need to know. I was like, so do you have really bad relationships with the yeah. celebrities? And she goes, do you know who gives me the pictures? Oh yeah, that's like Chris Jenner. Like Chris is sending the pictures. And I was like, wow, so you guys are just like all working together just to make us outraged. And she was like, exactly. It's an ecosystem. It's like, an ecosystem. We all feed one another and like what is real and what is not. Maybe I'm putting things out there just for the hate. Oh, Ooh, my. That thing. takes a really tough person. I know that's not me. Yeah, that's not Danny, <laughs> that's I will not, say. That's not me. There are I people. Wish. There are people who like profit off of outrage marketing. That yes. is not us. I was like, we I'm are not weak. strong enough to do that. I, I just like, give me a compliment. <laughs> like, tell me I'm nice. Tell me I'm pretty. Okay, anyway. first time you got internet hate. First time I got internet hate was, um, so I was in college when I started my YouTube channel and I didn't really tell a lot of people because it was so strange like just this was a time before selfies yeah it was very thing. very new so you know if you posted a selfie online like you were conceited you were into yourself it was very strange so i remember i did a uh, saint patrick's day makeup tutorial because also at the time my audience was a lot younger so i wasn't creating content for like people my age i was creating content for like high schoolers middle schoolers okay right. So I do this like crazy, you know, eye makeup tutorial and it gets picked up by Buzzfeed. And one day my Snapchat is just blowing up. And one of the other sororities at Texas would play my videos before their uh, chapter meetings and make fun of them. And so literally I was getting all these Snapchats from, I won't say the sorority name. Do it. They're, no, <laughs> they're all taking video of, of like literally the whole chapter, hundreds of girls sitting there like That's laughing hard. at my videos. And I was like so devastated because, I mean, it was so embarrassing, but like then they also started to, um, you know, we go out like on 6th Street, you know, and they would come up to me and kind of, um, what's the word? Like they would mock like, you, mock me. They'd yeah. be like, Oh, Danny, like I saw your YouTube channel, like loved the makeup tutorial. And for you like know? five seconds, you're like, really? And yeah. then you're like, oh. But then you're just kind of like, are they being nice to me? Or are they not? And then like long story short, I found out they were all kind of just like mocking me, making yeah. fun of me. Um, That's but I don't hard. know, like it was hard, but I also feel like truly, I feel like this is like one of those things that kind of like was just always instilled in me. I was like, if I'm making people, if I'm like, making people uncomfortable with this and it's like weird, then there's probably something to it. Right. You know, like if I'm not fitting with the crowd, like there's probably, I'm going against the grain and like maybe it could turn into something. And if it doesn't, this is going to be really embarrassing, but like, I'm just going to see what happens, you know? And so I don't know, there was almost, like I said, it was like an ecosystem where I was like, okay, they don't like it, but that doesn't mean it's like the end of everything. That means maybe I'm doing something right. Like, I don't know. Don't you think that's a little bit different than cancel culture today? Because cancel culture today, it's like, it's like 
it all happens on the internet. It's like real yeah. life and the internet are so separated. Like you could walk outside and think like, oh my gosh, I'm out of this Twitter bubble. bubble. This is not real life. Yes. But that for you was like real life. Yes. That's like, that's very much more personal than what it seems like you experienced today. I think that's why it still hurts so much. Yeah, that, that's why it's like the number <laughs> one story we start I with. I still remember it like 10 years later. I'm still like that one time. And, um, but no, I mean like, yeah, the, the online hate, I will say, although it's aggressive, it's such a small percentage. It's always like one to 2%. If, if you can just like shift your mindset and focus on the good. Um, I know we were talking about this earlier, but what I get the most online hate for is, is mom shaming. Like yep. the mamas are the ones that are probably the most aggressive. They're harsh. I would say like there's three categories of like hate circles. Yeah. In no particular order. Bachelor Nation. Oh, they're vicious. vicious. Man, they are vicious. vicious. Uh, Bravo people. So like real, people who follow like Bravo people. And then I would say moms, which is so yeah. disappointing because that's just like a community that seems like it should be more supportive than it is. But right. they are just like, they're the ones like creating like sock accounts, like anonymous <laughs> accounts. And like they probably live down the street and they're like, I saw her walking her dog and yeah. she didn't even have a leash. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? <laughs> Take, snap a photo, post it on the Facebook group. Yeah. No, it, it, it usually is the moms. And I think the mom shame is probably what hurts the most because Today. moms are so, yeah, moms are probably so like, I mean, not insecure, but we're always questioning if we're doing things right, right and we're learning so much like as it happens. And so it, it can be kind of tough whenever moms come in and like, you know. So hate is one thing, but like, mm -hmm. here's the question for this episode. Sure. Have you ever actually been canceled? And I know the answer. I'm just probing the question. <sighs> Should we go there already? I think just jump into it. Like, it's kind of like the anxiety is already high. Like, let's yeah. just rip off the bandaid and jump into it. Yeah. I'm going to try not to like ramble too much with this story, but, um, you know, the first time I was canceled 2018, um, I probably had about 200,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah. And I had uh, launched a boutique called Keely D. And this was just kind of a, a venture that I wanted to grow outside of influencing. I, I've always kind of been an entrepreneur and I was really excited about it. So I went to the Dallas Market Center in Dallas and found, I went to a showroom there and just thought, okay, I'm going to start out with like accessories, like, you know, handbags and, and uh, headbands and some right. jewelry and that sort of thing. So um, I found these bags that I really liked there. Totally legal. Okay. It's like at the Dallas Market Center. Maybe like explain the, the Market Center for someone who doesn't know. Okay, sure. So if you ever shop at like a boutique right. um, or Nordstrom, like a big retailer, um, these buyers from those boutiques or those retailers will go to markets all over the country. And essentially the one in Dallas, they have them in Vegas, LA, New York, the one in Dallas, they have one in Atlanta. It's essentially like a big mall and you walk in there. My dad has a showroom there. So my dad's had a showroom there for like 30 years and you'll find like the free people showroom. You'll find the Ralph Lauren polo showroom yep. and buyers go into each of these showrooms and pick the clothes that they're going to and they order them in mass amounts and they sell them, you know, at their retailer or at their boutique. So it's kind of like the front end. It's more like B2B before yeah. they take it B2C. So I found these handbags that have these studs on them. And I probably chose, I don't know, maybe eight or nine different styles. No, I think it was less. I think it was like four or five. Was it four or five? Yeah. Okay. I can't even really remember. Because you named one after your dog. Yeah. You had two dogs. There was so the hazel true. and <laughs> So true. And so I launched these handbags and they just like blew it out of the water. So um, they were super affordable, really good quality. And um, 
So we were like, wow, this is great. We're so excited. We had just gotten an offer to basically shoot like a commercial in Los Angeles yeah. for Southwest Airlines. So we're riding high. We're like, <laughs> man, we you just launched this boutique. Yeah. Your audience loved it. I think that's really yes. important to note is like your audience was like, yes, like, like this is so cool. Like, when are thank you, you. When are you restocking the bags? They're so cute. Thanks for having like, you know, such good price points. And so, you know, we're in Los Angeles. We're eating at Earth Cafe. And all of a sudden, my phone just starts to blow up. Oh you know, like, you know, blow up to the point where it's like you're hearing from someone you haven't heard from since high school. Yes. And like, I'm and like, something is really wrong. They're and like, are you okay? Like, I'm so, so sorry. So people are like, are you, yeah, are you okay? I'm so sorry. Like, let me know if you need anything. Like, they are just like really sending me some sympathy. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, I still don't understand. Well, Jordan logs on and we see that we have been basically like canceled or publicly shamed by this huge account at the time called, should I say what it says? Yeah. Diaprada. Okay. It was called Diaprada. Yeah. And, um, they're still around. This, this account is kind of infamous or notorious for, um, you know, going after designers that steal from other designers. Yeah. And it's essentially like, you know, let's just say um, Dior stole this design from Prada or, you know, they're just, it's a, it, they're very high fashion yes. community and um, community that I was not really uh, knowledgeable about. I didn't really grow up like around like anything high fashion, like the most high fashion thing I probably had growing up was like a pair of Tory Burch flats, right. you know, and, and that was like a really big deal to me. My life was more spent like taking these really cool looks and trying to find like the dupe at, you know, Walmart or Marshalls or TJ Maxx. Like I just, that was kind of like more my thing. And so, um, so anyway, Diet Prada had shouted me out after they shouted out like or canceled like Kim Kardashian. Like yeah, the, the post before that, right before you was Kim Kardashian. And then it was like Kim Kardashian. And then at the time it was like Danny Austin, 200,000 followers. So we, can I, like my, my sort of perspective on this was, I was trying to understand it really fast because our, our phone is blowing up. Your DMs are blowing up. You have a very like divided audience. Some were like, what is going on? Yeah. Others are like, you were featured on this count. So like we're catching up. We have no Wi-Fi at this like coffee shop. So it was a very frantic moment. You know, your, your yeah. heart kind of Drops. sinks into your stomach. And so very clearly initially it was like, okay, Danny is representing you know, we weren't, you weren't a mom at the time, but like moms who are looking for affordable fashion. Okay. So there was that segment of the market. And then they diet Prada was clearly representing like a designer. It was a big debate between like dupes and high fashion, basically. Exactly. And so, um, yeah. And I will say like, I learned a lot from, from that conversation, but so Diet Prada had posted about us. Basically, the narrative that they shared about me, which was actually inaccurate, was that I essentially was having like, I designed all of these bags and I copied all these bags from Valentino because my bags also had um, studs on them. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we had, we didn't have any Valentino uh, logos. Studs are literally everywhere. Um, so now like looking You didn't at design that, the bags. I didn't design you the bags. You got them from a market center that several other boutiques around the country had used. So we, again, catching up, we're just like, what is going on? Yeah, but, um, and you know, a lot of these, these this, this uh, manufacturer had been sold at like Nordstrom, Boutiques, Francesca's. So I wasn't the only one selling them. It was just like, I was the only one that was like an influencer selling them, right. you know? 
So, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty brutal. Just the, uh, attack that we got all at once because this post, I can't remember how many, like how much engagement it received, but it like popped off it and, popped off. and people really couldn't wait to like come after me, send me death threats, tell me to go kill myself. Um, telling me that like, I am the reason for global warming and like all these, like, yeah. you know, just really intense things and it, it was like a lot all at once i didn't really know how to handle it and then to uh Ooh, yeah yeah so the i was the, yeah so i was also in los angeles filming for southwest airlines which i was really excited about so my dad's worked at southwest for like 30 years like it's like a family thing for us to always fly southwest and so like we were like oh this is perfect it's we were like pumped perfect. so that's why we were in la and then we got the call from um, someone on the marketing team at Southwest saying, Hey Danny, like we're going to send you home. Like they had this whole production planned oh, that's and they were like, you know, this is just, you're too controversial right now and we need to send you home and we're going to cancel the shoot. So I'm like stuck in this hotel room and like thinking that my career is over. This is also at a time when like, this is all kind of all we had. Jordan had just quit his corporate job. Um, we were working on like kind of the blog and Instagram yeah. together and we hadn't really diversified. So it felt a lot bigger now, like back then. Right. Now if something like that happened, we have so much kind of going on like behind the scenes outside of influencing that I wouldn't like freak Feel out the as pressure. much, but there was a lot of pressure. Um, and so it was like, it was just brutal. Just everything kind of, you know, falling apart all at once. I and remember you laying in that hotel room, you cried for 24 hours straight. And like, as your husband at the time, like we were decently like newly married. I just remember feeling so helpless in that moment of like, what do we do? You yeah. know, or like, what can I do to like ease the pain, like the psychological torment that you're going through? And you know, you want to fight back and you want to say this, but you know, I think it's interesting to touch on just kind of like, I think that this system of cancel culture that I refer to has like been used, you know, over and over again at this point, but we were kind of like, again, like weird pioneers of yeah. it. And the system is like, you know, a, an account like Diet Prada posts this narrative, okay? Yeah. And then their comments pop off and then it's shared to our audience and then people from their audience are then DMing our audience. And so it starts like with them and then it kind of culminates on social media, then it's reshared on social media. Then, you know, I think what a lot of people don't understand, and I think they understand it more now than they did in 2018, um, but the mainstream media like jumps on this because it's great clickbait. So mm. a lot of these journalists are incentivized to basically garner clicks. So it's a very newsworthy story to say this small influencer is ripping off Valentino and to create this narrative that this is the problem with the world, the environment, like child labor, like this is the symbol for it. And so the mainstream media jumps on. And so 24 hours later, we have no ability to tell your side of the story. No, I mean, and people didn't want to hear it either. They like didn't no one hear wanted it. to hear the truth. Um, people truly believe that I designed these bags. They probably still do to this day. Totally. And there was no opportunity because like just people were so quick to just shut me down. And, and the conversations that started happening on other media outlets or other uh, platforms, they did not take into like account any of the facts. Right. They just took what Diet Prada said and like ran with it. And like, that's still something that kind of frustrates me to this day. But I do want to say something that like, even in this moment, like going through all of this, I don't want to say that I was like 
completely not in the wrong. Yeah, like, right. you, like I still think that even a lot of people that are canceled, like there, there is something inherently like maybe ethically that you did wrong or that you're learning from. And so for me, I'm like, okay, I understand like the designer community more. Like I understand that I should have done a little bit more research about every single piece and, mm -hmm. and how these designs look so similar to Valentino. Like I want to take accountability for that and be like, okay, I'll never make that mistake again. But it felt like at the time, there was no opportunity to learn. It was like, you're done. Yes. You're done. Go bye. You know? No, we, we learned a ton. I mean, we, we, you know, I, I think that we've grown Divi in such a pure and like, like honest way because of kind of like some of the lessons that we learned there. 100%. But the, the problem was just that it wasn't factually accurate. And so I think people know that now, like, mm -hmm. so that I think the trust rate of the media is like, you know, only like 26% of people like actually trust the media, but it's because they've done this over and over and over again, yeah. where they've taken sensationalism and not reported actual facts or given a voice to the people on the other receiving side of the story. Right. And now it's kind of just a pattern, but yeah, it, here, here's my question for you is, do you think like, who do you think was actually attacking you in that from diet prod? It was like a lot of oddly like anonymous accounts, right? A lot of, yes, a lot of anonymity. There was a lot of people that like, I couldn't figure out who they were, right? you know? And I feel like that's a big thing too, is kind of people start hiding behind these fake accounts and they feel like they can say whatever they want. Do you think the fake accounts are real people? Jordan's convinced the fake accounts are I'm not like, real. I, I think that this is like pretty much published fact at this point, but like the Saudi government has like warehouses full of people who have like five accounts each. Like I think even our government has like a program where they can like, create yeah. like social media accounts and like have five personas for each person. And, and I'm not saying for us, like I don't think we're important enough to like the government to come <laughs> down on us, but like this is for sure happening where anonymity is like being used to create this like social proof that isn't actually real. Right. It's, no. it's wild. And I've, I've felt that before, like just this like huge attack and then clicking on their profile and actually trying to follow up and see who these people are. I'm like, this person has like one follower and like one photo. It did, yeah. it did feel like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it was like pretty hard to go through just because it was kind of one of the first times and we didn't know how to handle it. Right. Um, so yeah. Do you remember like how that affected our brand deals or our partnerships and how on, we dealt with that? I think on that one, I mean, we obviously lost Southwest and that was like really yeah. hard because I know we didn't lose them because then we ended up working with them. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. True. And they, I do want to say they were so awesome. Like they were so sweet. They felt for us. They thought it was so silly, but I get it. They were like, it's just too controversial. We don't want to deal with it. Like, let's just stay away from the conversation. And I think that's what a lot of people uh, like don't understand on our side of the coin is that a lot of these brands are, I want to say, what is they called? Virtue signaling. They're, they're like, pressured into saying something. They're People call it virtue signaling, but I really don't think people understand how much pressure is created like for brands and influencers well, when this yeah. one to 2% of the demographic swarms your DMs, swarms your channel, says, hey, don't buy this brand because they worked with Danny Austin. Don't buy this because they did this. Like it's not, I want to say it's not real, but it's really kind of not real. So do you remember in 2020 what Billy, what happened to Billy? Um, briefly. So in 2020, I mean, 2020 was just like a rough year. There was a lot of social pressure to do exactly what people wanted you to do. And it's kind of felt like there was like no winning. Right. right. Oh, 2020 was the hardest year to a, be. It was a hard year. And alive <laughs> for, for a lot of people. I think yeah. there are a lot of people on social, a lot of brands, just really everyone. And right. I don't think it was just influencers. And, um, I remember Billy Razor just all throughout 2020, 
people started commenting publicly on their posts mm -hmm. saying, you know, this influencer, let's just say Nicole from Texas, you know, put or tweeted this one tweet in 2011. Can you believe that? And then right. Billy would respond. I'm just making that example up. I can't remember. No, exactly. but it really just to like repaint the picture. It was a witch hunt in 2020. It was a witch hunt. Like, let's there find the one thing. And then Billy would respond and say, thank you for letting us know we have discontinued a partnership with Nicole from Texas. Say that publicly it's without horrible. ever actually like looking at the facts. Did that actually happen? Like yeah. what context? They didn't have time to even do any of that, of that research. They were just pressured to say, okay, that's what we're doing. Like we're ending the partnership, move on. And, and it got really tricky because it kind of felt like a lot of these brands were just kind of like leaving us in the dust yeah. and like not sticking up for us and not actually looking into like what truly happened. There's a saying this is so like, I don't know. There's a saying by Winston Churchill and it says, everyone feeds the alligator thinking the alligator is going to eat them last. Mm, and, and the alligator always eats you. The, the, the alligator will always eat you. And I feel like that was an example of Billy saying, okay, okay, cancel them. But yes. like, don't, don't cancel us. So cancel true. them. Don't cancel us. And it's like, at the end of the day, it comes for all of us. And I think that that's in 2023, what we're realizing. And yes. that's why people are rising up against it is because like, it's like, wait, there's no winning in this. No, like everyone's going to lose and it's going to come for you. And it's going to come from, for like this mom who's just living in suburbia. It's going to come for everyone everyone if like we don't actually start to dissect how information is traveling down this like value chain don't you feel like that started to happen because of how sensitive people became like it felt like even comedians couldn't make jokes anymore because like everyone was so sensitive to everything I don't, I, I really do think it's like a one to 2% of people that are sensitive, but they are always going to be the loudest. Like yeah. most people on the internet are just lurkers. Like they're going to be like, Oh, Danny yeah. posted that. Most people are like, like you don't you, even interact. Yeah. You get DMS all the time that are like, I never yeah. DM people, but like I DM'd you this. And so I just think it's like a very loud one to 2%. Um, but it's, it's becoming, yeah. like people are realizing this, you know, a key thing that you said though, it was that people were pressuring them to say something in this moment. In this moment, People right. want you to say something when they want you to say it. And right. I think that that's also what's so tough is like, there it leaves no, no room for learning. And so a lot of times it's like, people are like, how do you feel about this? Or this just came out, how do you feel about this? I'm like, I actually don't know. Like yeah. I'm learning just like you are and I'm scared to say something in this moment because I don't know how I'm going to, going to end up feeling after I truly educate myself about what's going on and understand it. And so there's no room for me to take a step back and say, I don't know yet. And I think that that's something that always is kind of frustrating for me because I, like, I just feel like I'm going to lose. Yeah, that, well, you said something on the plane when we were talking about this episode a little bit. You said, I'm so scared to say something sometimes because I feel like the person I am now is people who are, are going to assume I'm always going to be that. Meaning, like, mm -hmm. my views aren't allowed to evolve. I'm yes. not given room to change my viewpoints and to hear both sides. It's like, if you're not in this box within this moment, yeah. you're wrong, right? right. And so it, it just, it dissuades people and discourages people from evolving whatsoever. And I think that that's like why cancel culture is bad. <laughs> cancel culture? Okay, episode's over. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> not good. I think a lot of this um, is like us talking about cancel culture as like it's a bad thing, like we didn't learn anything from it. I think it's important to acknowledge yeah. like, no, we, we wouldn't, be where we're at without, I would say, accountability from the internet. You oh, know, in course. fact, I think we welcome it. We have a team around us that we are constantly saying, hey guys, we're not going to be perfect every day. Like yeah. we really need you 
to speak into us and say, Hey, like this is where you're messing up or like, Hey, this is where you're not taking the responsibility of the platform seriously. Um, so just kind of like clarifying, that like we're not saying yeah. that we're perfect in all these situations. And this is also not an opportunity for like the world's smallest violin and to act like the victim in these situations no. where it's like, no, like truly we have learned from it, but I do feel like on the flip side, people don't understand like how much it really does affect your mental health. Right, right. Okay, but for real, I feel like this, uh, it's time to mix it up. This podcast is getting kind of depressing. <laughs> We're depressing. Let's pick it up a little bit. Let's pick it up. Um, I would say that producer Jenny um, is here. Jenny, say hi. Hello. Um, she is going to read us some questions. The most hot takes, hot questions on the market <laughs> of what is cancel culture? These are, these are actually questions, DMs, that we got through our Q&A yeah. about cancel culture. We're here to be a value, valuable resource, and we want to answer your questions about what it means to be canceled. Like I said. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 Y'all can for sure hear me, and I'm like, yeah, I hear the Loud people, so. Yes. Okay. Okay, question number one is, what are your thoughts on accountability culture versus cancel culture? Ooh. They're so different. <laughs> it's like so different. It's so different. <laughs> you don't even know. So I would cancel culture is when you just want to destroy someone. They messed up. You're going to take all the receipts. You're going to do everything in your power to publicly shame them so that they have no life ever again. Livelihood. You just want them yeah. canceled. You want them gone forever. And I think accountability culture is let's, you know, let's hold this person accountable. Let's help them learn. Let's still screenshot things, you know, take it seriously. Like, but let's give them some advice about how to become better. For example, a great example for me is the grape story. Yep. So, you know, we get some some feedback from mothers with lots of opinions. And I was cutting grapes for Stella. And I didn't know the right way to cut grapes. And my entire life, we just ate grapes whole, you know? My mom never cut the grapes a special particular way. It's astounding uh, that you're alive just, right now. <laughs> Seriously. And so then, you know, I'm cutting grapes for Stella. Everybody starts damning me. Danny, you can't cut the grapes like that. That is very dangerous because, you know, a child can choke on the grape. Like, duh, why didn't that go through my mind? I honestly don't even think about it. I was like, you guys, thank you so much for this advice. This is so helpful. Now, the difference between that and cancel culture and cancel culture is someone would have screenshotted me cutting those grapes, yeah. posted it all over the internet, all over these Facebook groups, talking smack about how horrible I am and I'm influencing all these moms to cut grapes the wrong way and yeah. da 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 and so there is a difference. There's a way to approach someone and tell them that they're doing something wrong, but also have like a positive, positive hope for them moving forward. Yeah. I think what's also confusing about cancel culture is it's kind of a sliding scale of morality too. It's like, it's like what, like, like someone can do one action. Another person can do the action. One person gets canceled. The other person doesn't. It's just confusing. Well, and you know, what's confusing too is like, none of us are perfect. I know. So it's like when you cancel someone, then you better be on your best behavior for the rest of your life because yes. you can't like cancel someone and be a hypocrite. And then, you know, Oh, we were talking about this morning. What? What is your most hypocritical pet peeve? Oh, I know you asked me this morning. I didn't know. I know something that I do. What? I sometimes use like the end stall in the bathroom and like I am so, one of my biggest pet peeves is when I have a child with me and someone's in like the big stall at the end of the bathroom I'm like 
I have a child yeah. and you're sitting in there alone and you take up all the space. But then whenever I see the big saw, I take the big saw. Oh my gosh, you big hypocrite. I know. You better I, not be canceling anyone I know, I better not say that because then somebody's going to take a video of me going in the big stall. But no, I, I go in the big saw and I try to pee as fast as possible. Okay, good to know. Question number two. <laughs> Okay, question number two. Have you ever considered quitting due to hate or being canceled? Oh my gosh, a million times. Oh, for me. I'm just a supporting <laughs> actor, but yes. I've How can I've you considered. quit if it's my channel? Well, I know. I just, as a supporting actor, I've considered just saying, hey, I'm I'm, I'm no like, longer I'm part of this. Yes. I know some husbands that are like, peace, like I don't want to be in the content. Yeah, yeah. I don't blame them. Um, So yes, I have considered quitting typically when I'm postpartum and I get hate because I'm in a really dark place typically when I'm postpartum and I'm very weak and vulnerable. And on top of that, just getting, you know, some of the mom shaming that I've received. Um, there's been times when I'm like, I don't think that I can handle this. It was just a little too much. Um, I wouldn't say I thought about quitting long-term, but just maybe taking like a month or two off. Yeah. But when I'm outside of the postpartum, I'm good. I'm pretty like, you take those I'm resilient. Yep. Yep. That's me. <laughs> That's me. Never going to quit. Can't get rid of me. <laughs> okay. Question number three. Okay. Next question. When you have been canceled, what does the recovery process look like after the fact? Mm. This is funny. Do you want to answer? Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of tears. Um, it's honestly a lot of prayer, I would say, like to be mm. real about it. Like it's a lot of prayer and it's a lot of kind of like soul searching and, you know, recalibration of like, here's like what other people are saying about me and here's what God says about me. And it's like a lot mm -hmm. of, uh, I would say it's like a lot of healing. And then, you know, there's kind of this roller coaster we do it every time, every single time. It's like, you kind of like get to that good place and you're like, you know what? Like yeah. F this, like we like, we're going to, we're going to yeah. stand up to this. We're cockroaches. Like we got this, like F the haters. We we're going to like, <laughs> you know, we're resilient. And then like, and then you an see, hour like, later, you see like, like one comment and you're like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I did wrong. Yeah, no. It's, um, but no, I, I agree. I remember this one time I was actually pregnant with Stella and we were living at um, our other house. And I can't remember what we got hate for, but I was in a really bad place. I was also pregnant, so, you know, super hormonal. And I remember I had been in bed like all day, like I couldn't get out of bed. Yeah. And um, the hate just like kept coming in. I remember specifically that the hate was coming in from people that we didn't even really know, you know? Mm -hmm. And I remember calling Shauna and being like, Shauna, like, I can't, I can't do this. Like, I just, I literally can't. And so she came over and we like got down on our knees and just prayed and prayed and prayed. And that's typically what it is. It's just like, it, it gets to a point where you're like, God, like I don't, like I can't handle this feeling. Yeah, It's too much. It's like people aren't meant to be worshiped and people aren't meant to be like hated that much, no. you know? Like we can't handle that. And, um, and so, Typically, it, it involves me just calling my friends, talking to people that, like, really know me. Because I think whenever you get hate, it's almost like you start to believe the lies that yeah. people feed you. And you're like, oh, my gosh, am I a liar? Am I this? Am I that? Yeah. And it's it's hard because if that's what everybody thinks of you, you start to believe that of yourself. And it's just, it's like, what's the point? You know? And it can get, it can just be every time, every time you've come back or we've come back, I feel like it's been, um, 
it's been a recalibration of like, hey, this is the purpose of like why we're here. Like it's not about us. It's about yeah. like what we believe the platform can do, like the good yeah. it can do. And so when we recalibrate around that, we get a little bit stronger. But yeah. And then it involves like just like pizza nights. Yeah. Pizza nights for a couple of nights. Yeah. Okay. Question number four. Okay. Next question. Do you ever respond to hate comments? Danny. <laughs> Danny. Keely Danielle Austin. What? Do you? <laughs> Caught you a couple times. Like, oh. <laughs> the funny thing is, I have like here. I have like seven people logged into my Instagram. Um, mainly just because if something goes wrong, like I need someone to help me upload or whatever. And but I I reply to a lot of DMs. Um, but not a lot of mean DMs. Mm -hmm. Um, but just, you know, sometimes when you're just on one and you just like yeah, you go into the, these moods. They're really funny, and they come out of just left field for all of us. I know. I'm like, it's it's very rare, but sometimes it's like right when I get into bed, I'm checking DMs. I'm like, excuse me. Yeah. Like, excuse me. No way. Like, like, who do you think you are? No, no. Uh, one in particular that I I responded to not too long ago was um, I was posting about like the SVB situation. Oh, Silicon Valley Bank. Yeah, and one of Stella's here at Toy Stores camp they posted on their Instagram, they did like a huge 40% off sale. Well, just in case everyone doesn't know. So a bank collapsed and it like oh. held a lot of uh, tech entrepreneurs and like, you know, like entrepreneurs and startups uh, cash. And when it collapsed, you know, there was a fear that all of these businesses were gonna lose the cash that was in the bank because they didn't have the, the cash on hand to, you know, basically make deposits or whatever. Exactly, so camp went 40% off and we're begging people to use this promo code bank run. And I posted about it and I was like, you guys, this is one of Stella's favorite toy stores. Please support them. If you want to buy any toys, they're all 40% off. And um, I got this DM from someone that was like, Danny, you're a total idiot. Literally, first line. Oh, verbatim? Verbatim. Oh, you're wow. a total idiot. You trying to profit off of like a business that is failing is sickening. They put da -da 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 out the I'm like, dude, I don't get a dime from this. Like, I'm just trying to help them. And everything I posted was screenshotable. You know, yeah. I held my integrity and I was like, hey, um, I, I don't know what you're referring to. Like, I'm not making a dime off of this. And we kind of went back and forth like for really? a while. Yeah, she was telling me that I really, she was like, she said that she was in a, like a dark place, first of all. So she apologized at first. Oh, wow. But that's, then, that's powerful. Yeah. So then we kind of went back and forth and she was like, but you should make a disclaimer and say that you don't make any percentage from that link. And I'm like, well, when you click the link, it doesn't go through reward style. It goes straight to camp. Like, yeah. I don't think I need to make a dis disclaimer. I didn't do anything wrong. So we went back and forth about that for so, a little bit. So, but camp put out the marketing message. Like, why, why isn't she, she, she thought mad it at was camp like, at that she point? She thought it was like an affiliate link. Oh, uh, I mean... But like whenever it's an affiliate link, it'll go through award style. So right. you'll see whenever it's an affiliate link. Where did you guys end the conversation? I don't know. Honestly, I wasn't in the best mood, but, um, and I don't think she was either. So. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> so that was that. <laughs> Any other juicy stories? <laughs> I, um, I think a, for the most part, when you challenge the facts, like it's usually when they are mean DMs, to my kids. Yeah, but when you challenge the facts over DMs, like it's almost like they send you something that they don't think you're ever going to see. Yeah. And then when you respond as a human being, they're like, oh, hi, I'm like, I'm sorry. They There's a 
pretty quick apologies usually, right? So when I get really mean messages, and I'm not saying like snarky, I mean like they're just mean. Like yeah. these people are just kind of like there to hurt you. Typically I will respond and say, hey, do you mind unfollowing me? I can tell that like this, like our relationship isn't, is just gonna be negative. Like, would you please unfollow me? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And That's if not, fair. like, you know, gotta. Oh yeah. And then the block if there's a pattern of some type of like, hey, or you can just tell that they kind of have it out for you. That's whenever I block. But I yeah. typically like wait for that pattern to happen. Now they have, Instagram has this really great feature called restrict where you can restrict someone so you don't unfollow them. So they don't know that they're restricted at all, but they just, they comment and they think that they commented, but no one can see it. Yeah. It's like the best thing that Instagram has come out with, I think. Okay. Question number five. Question number five. How does it affect your mental health long term to receive hate online? I don't know. Great. I have so many problems, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Verdict's still out on this one. Ask us in 10 yes, years. <laughs> yeah, we'll in 10 years. It's funny because since I've been doing this so long, like I don't know any other way. As far as mental health goes, I think you and I would both agree that there is quite a bit of PTSD. Yes, um, clinical PS PTSD for well, sure. Well, I mean, really like panic attacks yeah. um and you know in particular one of those examples was when we were selected for forbes top creator list which was a really exciting thing actually we got that email and i couldn't believe it we all thought that it was fake yeah we didn't believe that we actually made top creators and it was really cool to have such a prominent organization recognize the fact that what we do is a career and that not only it's a career, but we're actually pretty good at it. And that was something that we really were excited to celebrate. Um, but they told us in the email, you know, you need to fly out, fly out to Los Angeles. We're going to be doing an interview. We're going to do a photo shoot, a video shoot, everything very pro positive, you know. Right. So we uh, I hired a stylist. I was postpartum. Um, so it was like one of our first trips, yep. you know, away from the babies and flew out to LA and just had like a great experience on set doing the photo shoot. We got hair and makeup done. Um, and we were having a great experience. And then they asked us to go upstairs to do a video interview. And because I kind of had like the YouTube background and because I'm on stories, I wasn't too nervous about it. And I asked them the, the questions they were going to be asking me. And they said, you know, anything about your past, you know, how you got to where you are, any advice for other creators, just very like general questions. When we got up there, um, you know, the reporter definitely had some pretty challenging questions, yes. questions of things that like, I just don't like to address any more questions about my cancellation, questions about, um, you know, different reasons why I get hate, different things about my children, the way that I parent and conversations that I just frankly like haven't had with my followers so much. And so the first time I have those conversations, I would have preferred for it to been on like a platform like this. Right. Um, or something like where I was sharing with my audience first, but they really caught me off guard and it, it kind of triggered a panic attack. And so we, um, you know, we finished the interview and we had, you know, happy faces on. We were like, yeah, everything's fine. And then we got to the car and you know, I yeah. mean, I cried for six hours. I was yeah. like, I'm done. Forbes is going to release this article about da 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 da. And like looking back, it's the funniest thing because we recorded the interview. And when we got home, I told my mom, I'm like, it was so bad. It's like, it was a horrible interview. Da -da. I played the interview for her that we had recorded. Yep. She's like, 
Danny, it was great. You killed it. Like, I know, it was, but it was just this PTSD from being, from bringing up some of these conversations that I thought, oh my gosh, everything is crumbling. It's like all those feelings kind of like reignited again. Yeah, that was like, that's why I call it like clinical PTSD because it was like a very firm trigger, you know, like the questions that you got. And then, man, I'll just never forget that. Like we left that interview and if you, like, if people were watching on stories, it just went dark. And everyone was like, wait, what happened? What happened? And I was like, They're like, well, Danny always leaves us these cliffhangers. I'm like, no, Danny's crying in the back of an SUV. Our team sat in that hotel, or that that uh, office building lobby, trying to get Wi-Fi, like, trying to communicate, like, trying to download videos and be like, was it good? Was it bad? And we just were convinced. We actually tried to get out of it because we were so scared. Yep, we we tried to get in touch. You're right, with the editor we tried to get of, of Forbes. And Forbes was like, why like you did great yes and um they i we now looking back i'm like we looked like a bunch of dum-dums yeah you know like <laughs> why would we have wanted to it was it all went so well um yeah forbes as an organization was incredibly great looking back it was just our ptsd no, and unfamiliarity with like being in like the mainstream like media environment that we were like oh no we're so naive coming into this like we're gonna get Destroyed. Yes, exactly. Like I just felt like we were a couple Texans going to Los Angeles, being in Hollywood, and we just thought that they were gonna just like just use us, right. use us and abuse us. But they didn't at all. In fact, Forbes is amazing, and like we kind of feel like we're a part of their family now. But um, I think another thing that played into that is the fact that we don't take like interviews typically. We typically turn down all podcasts. I had been asked to go on some of my favorite podcasts and said no, just because I wasn't you know, used to having these types of conversations online. And so it's kind of ironic that we launched our own podcast because we used to turn down every single one of them, but here we are. Well, I think that, yeah, I mean, long-term effects back to the question, it's like, there's serious trust issues that I think have yeah. been built People up. <laughs> we have serious trust issues. But that's why this power, this podcast is powerful. It's like, Hey, like we're, we're going to put ourselves out there. It's like freedom. I have another way that it's affected. I, I just, I just thought of, let's talk about it. Um, Something that like I've heard from people that typically start working for us, usually with the Danny Austin team, when they first come in, you and I have extreme walls built. Yes. Where we are so guarded. Like we can't trust anyone. They're like in our homes and we like just treat them very much like an employee at yeah, first. Professional. Professional. Yes. Like we don't ask them, how was your weekend? Or, oh, like that's great that you're, you know, your favorite thing to do on the weekend is do that. You know, we just kind of keep it very professional because I think that we are always kind of scared to let people in. Yep. But typically like once they're around, then they're like, they're like brother, sister. We oh, tell them like family. We tell them everything, but it's that initial hiring or that initial time period where they're like, "Do they even like me?" You know, there yep. it's. I've I realized. Yeah, that. no, I've I've heard that story like multiple times. It like kind of is like the warming up period. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're like, can we trust you? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. This question. Look, I didn't know you were ready. Okay. Next question. What is your best advice to anyone getting hate online or honestly even hate in person? Okay. Now we both have. Yeah. Sing the Rise Up song. Yes, I'll rise up. Yeah. Sing I'll it. rise like the day. day. Yeah. I was going to say rise like the rain. I was like, rain doesn't rise. <laughs> um, so I would say getting hate online, there, sometimes there's a little validity to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can actually learn a little bit from your haters. 
Um, especially whenever it's like constructive criticism, you don't want to be too sensitive to any type of like negativity because sometimes they're actually trying to like help you out. Yeah. You don't want to create an echo chamber for yourself. Like, like, Oh, I can't believe that they, yeah. I mean, you want accountability to some degree. You, you do learn a lot from it. Yeah. Um, but as far as hate, I think it's just like more about setting boundaries. It's, you have to realize that that's never going to stop. Um, you can't change the haters, but you can change yourself, you know? And um, setting boundaries, like there's a lot of different settings on Instagram that you can set, like keywords. Um, like I remember when Diet Prada attacked us, I set keywords for like Valentino, um, Valentino die, yeah. hate, anorexic, like yep. those words, like you can't leave comments with those words um, on my profile. So there's a lot of ways that you can protect yourself just with like Instagram settings. Um, but yeah, I think it's important to really find your value in like in your faith, in your friends, in your family, people that really know you. We spent a lot of, especially before we had kids, I think we spent a lot of energy um, trying to kind of course correct some of the hate that we were getting. What do you um, mean? I don't get it. Like we spent a lot of time like like reviewing the hate and being like, oh, like is this valid? And then I think once we had kids, like we didn't give it as much energy because we just didn't have the time so true, or yeah. the resources to give it to it. And so we kind of just had to be very quickly like is this true yes or no no okay move on right and so yeah I, I would say the one thing i don't regret is how much energy we gave it in the past like before we had kids um i don't know if you feel like that well i think one thing that we did that's actually been very helpful in our marriage is do you remember part of our vows we vowed to never look at our hate yep no we, we, we vowed that because i think when we were dating when we were engaged the hate, like I used to read a lot of it mm-hmm. and it affected our relationships so much. And we've actually like, I mean, you probably know a lot of like bloggers in your industry who read their own hate and it's like, it will drive you crazy. Oh, the, it'll it'll yes. literally divide your brain into two. And if we're ever getting hate and sometimes like I'm too weak, then Jordan will get on my Instagram and like read some of my comments or read some of my DMs for me. Typically I'm the one in there, um, but just there's some days where I just can't handle it. And then there's some days that Jordan can't handle it. Yeah. And I'm like, it's okay. Cause sometimes they can be kind of mean to you too. Uh, what do yeah. they always say about you? Tell them to shut up. <laughs> Tell them to get out of your content. We want to see Danny. <laughs> But then you have people who were like, oh, I we love Yeah, Jordan. so it's like, it's like, what do you want? Like, when I asked people about the podcast, I asked people to give us advice. And half of the comments, no, actually, sorry. That is so, I'm so exaggerating. I read one comment that was like, less Jordan. And then the next one was like, more Jordan. I love Jordan. It's just like, what do you people want from us? We'll see. Now, I, I, now, like, you said I'm, now I'm triggered because now you said triggered. half at first. Is it half or no, what? I, actually, I can leave. <laughs> you know what? I'm out of here. Okay. No, I'm sorry. It really was not half that I just I accidentally yeah. said that it was just funny because they were like juxtaposed next to each other yeah but see let me just tell you about the effects of of cancel culture is like I will not stop thinking about her saying half for the next three weeks <laughs> yeah he's like well they all hate me <laughs> so why am I here anyway I'm like Jordan I was one person uh, one person true I don't know what advice would you have for in hate person or hate in person whoa sorry in, I'm in hate person um, hate in person. I don't know. Okay. I think I gave it my all. <laughs> <laughs> is, there, is there another This question? is why you don't do a podcast straight off a plane. <laughs> no sleep. I think I gave it my all. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> Jordan just gets up and leaves. <laughs> 
It was so like sweet the way you said it. <laughs> okay. So let's pick up it like uh, okay, so there's no more questions. Or so let's read this news article. <laughs> oh, do you want me to read that article? Let me tell you something. You as the news reporter is oh like going gosh. back to high school. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was on the we're news. missing a story. Oh. You got canceled in high school. Oh, I did. I've been canceled so many she times. She was reading the morning announcement. She was the president. I wasn't reading it. I was in class. So No, no, no. But you used to read the morning announcements, and then you were no longer allowed to do that. Yeah. Well, kind of. I'll tell you the story. So I was a junior in high school, and like... Basically, I had this just crazy high school experience. You know, it's like the typical girl with the braces, super loser, like not cool, gets her braces off, grows her hair out, gets becomes best friend with like the hottest girl in school. And then I start dating the quarterback, you know, so it's just like the most yeah, stereotypical yeah. high school story. So I run for class president, I'm class president, and I'm out for New Year's Eve, and I get an MIC, which is like a minor in consumption. Mm. Long story Juicy. short. Yeah, like, so so bad. Like, I'm, I'm still punishing myself for it. It's like, but tell the real story. You took like one sip of alcohol. Yeah, but like, it doesn't matter. That's what we're talking about. It's yeah, like, yeah, you're right. when you're canceled, you cancel. When you get MIC, you got MIC, nobody cares about the facts. Yeah. You know what I mean? So anyway, long story short, we're all sitting in class and um, they announced on the morning announcements, Danny Austin has been demoted from class president. We will have a re-election on Tuesday. And I'm just sitting there. That's like, horrible. Yeah. That's like a, that's a public shaming for the high school to do. I wonder why they did it like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was pretty brutal. It's I'm, pretty brutal. It was pretty brutal. I'm not going to lie. I, It's funny because I was only grounded for like two weeks, but I grounded myself for like two or three months. I dyed my hair dark red. Do you know that? Oh, I actually. And I took up baking. I, I really did. I, I, and like my parents were like, okay, like you're good now. Like we forgive you. Like you've been punished. And I'm like, no, I don't deserve to leave the house. I was so upset with myself. Um, yeah. Anyway, newscaster so. Danny's back. Uh, read us our, our news story for the, the Today episode. we're going to talk about TikTok. TikTok. So this story is called, it's titled TikTok, TikTok. As Biden sets deadline for ban of social I think media apps. I think you read it wrong. I think it's TikTok, TikTok. You go TikTok, TikTok? I'm like, no, it's like TikTok, like time, yeah. like TikTok, yeah. like TikTok. TikTok. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I think I did it right. Okay. Okay. So TikTok, TikTok. <laughs> As Biden sets deadline for ban of social media app, here's what we know. It's not that funny. Baby. I'm sorry. We're coming off this plane. And I think our delirium is like setting in for okay. sure. So why is the government concerned about TikTok? The Biden administration and lawmakers in both parties have expressed concern that the Chinese Communist Party could gather information about American customers through TikTok, which is owned by the Chinese company ByteDance, or that it could be used to spread misinformation. The White House's push to remove TikTok from government-issued devices is part of a broader efforts to secure American digital infrastructure, security, and privacy, according to a memo released Monday. The guidance fulfills requirements of the No TikTok on Government Devices Act passed by the Senate in December. So basically, they're trying to figure out if we should have TikTok or not on our phones, not just, you know, the government, but like actual like us. What yeah. do you think? I, I, I kind of want it to go away. <laughs> if I'm being honest. I just, don't, I just don't really want to deal with it. I know. If I'm, being, if I'm being completely honest. I think like 
selfishly we wanted to go yeah, away. Yeah, selfishly we wanted to go away. I think because as creators, we just, it, there's so many different, well, actually, there's not so many different platforms, but it's just another platform to, to, keep, to up keep up with. with. And there's just no time, there's not enough time in the day. Yeah. Can I tell you what I really think is going on behind the story, though? Yes. I kind of alluded to it earlier. Are you sure I can say it on this podcast? I mean, we've already been canceled. Like, what, <laughs> what can you do? Okay, I actually think that that is Meta and Mark Zuckerberg lobbying mm. for TikTok to be destroyed. I think they hired really powerful lobbying firms that went to the government and mm. they're like, we need to get rid of this competitor because Meta and Mark Zuckerberg want to and they're making it about national security. Yeah, but like, don't you admit that it is kind of dangerous? I mean, I think it's very addictive. And, no, I, and, not, and there's then, that. Not dangerous in the sense of like, I mean, yes, of course it's addictive. I'm saying like national security wise, like China really will have all this access to everything. They could brainwash us all access at once. Access to what though? To like our content, the way, like what they feed us. They could brainwash us, turn us against well, that, each other like we already true. are. Did you hear that the, um, like in China, they're actually giving like their, their kids mm -hmm. the version of TikTok that's like a kale salad and they're oh. giving our kids the version that's like a heroin. Exactly my point. It's yeah. like Steve Jobs didn't let his phone or his kids have phones. Yes. Because he, he knows. He, he knows. knows it's messed up. So, I mean, don't you think it's actually kind of dangerous? I don't know. I do. Yeah. And it's like, cool. That'd just be like less one less thing to keep up with. Okay. So, <laughs> so we're, uh, we're pro cancellation on TikTok. <laughs> you can publish for, that for, headline. For, <laughs> for selfish reasons. Oh, now our TikTok is just going to like totally tank. Yeah. Everyone's going to be like, she doesn't even care. <laughs> <laughs> She doesn't even care about this. You want them to go away. She's a terrible abuse. <laughs> that is so oh, true. Man, this is just Well, this spiraling. has been a great episode. I'm really excited about Landon being here. You know, Landon has really good opinions on all these things. He does. So we're gonna talk about dating on this next episode and then the um with Landon, and then we're gonna film another episode with him about the matchmaker. I'm so excited. About our first days on YouTube together, about us growing up. We have some stories. Yeah. It's gonna be really fun. You guys, thanks for watching. If you guys wanna leave us a review, you are welcome to. Just make sure you leave it in a compliment sandwich. We are on Spotify, we are on Apple, and we film new, or we will post our new episodes every Wednesday. We love you guys, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.